You're here to learn. You want answers. We want answers. So let's just cut through the bullshit and get to the root cause. Why do I not feel the way I want to feel? Why do I not have the things I want in my life? Why can I not just be healthy and happy? Why is it so hard to achieve these things? Dr. Carmen Jones, licensed naturopathic doctor, and myself, Kimberly Jarman, life and business coach, get to the root cause. We're tired of bullshit answers. We're tired of symptom management. We want to know why. Why don't we feel as good as we want to feel? What can we do about it with simple, real solutions instead of just doing symptom management? We wanted to know why we don't have the things we want. Why aren't we achieving the goals? Why aren't we living our dreams? Why do we keep holding ourselves back? So we get to the root cause of what holds us back in mindset. So we talk about mind, body, soul things on this podcast. We provide real answers, solutions that you can create in your life to go get the things you want. So join us each week as we bring you a new episode addressing topics that are going on in the world today and things that are impacting your life on a daily basis. We're so glad you can join us and we're excited to take this journey and to continue to take this journey with you. All right, welcome back, guys. This week, um, we're going to talk about progesterone. So here we go. Carmen, head us with progesterone. Yay, progesterone. So last time we talked about estrogen, and um, we started this off because I wanted to make that a connection between our hormones and those neurotransmitters and our adrenals, yeah. right? Um, and I started with estrogen uh, because... Sometimes that one's not quite as obvious um, as progesterone is in that relationship. And um, progesterone's a hormone, right? Just like estrogen's a hormone, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, we talk about DHEA, our cortisol, that stress hormone. Um, the steroid pathway, like how our body makes those hormones, starts with cholesterol. Um, goes to something called pregnenolone and then to progesterone. And then at progesterone, you have that fork where your body can use that progesterone to make cortisol or use that progesterone to go continue on to make um, androstenedione and then testosterone and estrogen. Okay. Right? So progesterone is one of those um, keys in uh, a balanced hormone picture right? So I think of progesterone, you know how they have those arches where they put all the rocks together and they all have to, you know, like lean on one another in order to make that arch. Um, I think of progesterone as sort of that key, that block in the middle that creates that arch, because if the progesterone is not adequate, um, your stress hormone cortisol is not going to be adequate and your testosterone and estrogen are not going to be adequate. It's one of those, when we look at hormones, we look upstream to see what could be causing an imbalance. And so progesterone is one of my big heavy hitters that I look at upstream to see where you're at. Okay. Cool. So, um, if our, so again, if our, our progesterone is deficient, our cortisol is going to be deficient. Um, so then our body's going to have trouble, uh, responding to stress. Yeah. Right? So either chronic stress and that demand for cortisol, um, it's going to be hard to kind of keep up so that we can maintain an appropriate stress response if our progesterone is low because it's the precursor to um, 
cortisol. Okay. As far as hormones go, uh, our sex hormones, if you will, if our progesterone isn't out of, if we don't have appropriate amounts of progesterone, it's going to be very challenging for our body to make appropriate amounts of testosterone and estrogen. Okay. Um, because, so if, and we've talked about how our cycles change, right. Um, in our, um, menstrual cycle for women are the first two weeks from day one to 14, 15, 16 to ovulation. Progesterone is not a big player. Usually that's more sort of the estrogen side, um, of our menstrual phase. And then from ovulation or day 14, 15, 16 to 28 to 30, um, is usually where progesterone is the biggest player. Um, our estrogen still, um, is a player it makes appearance as well, but the progesterone is sort of that protective factor, if you will. So if we have low levels of progesterone, oftentimes we see symptoms like um, our periods are coming earlier. So maybe 21 days, sometimes 15 days. Sometimes people may have periods twice a month um, instead of that 28, 31 days. Sometimes if... Um, you see spotting between um, cycles that can be low progesterone. If you see things like breast tenderness, um, a little bit more irritab irritability um, to tearfulness, that can be low progesterone. Um, oftentimes, yeah, you see a little bit more like that breast tenderness, a little bit more bloating sometimes with progesterone when the progesterone's low, um, cause it's not matching the elevation of the estrogen in that latter half of the cycle. So when people have more PMS symptoms, um, I know we talked about last time, like more pain is often associated with more estrogen, uh, more like clotting, heavier periods. Um, but it's that relationship. So if your progesterone is low, you're going to have more estrogen symptoms. So oftentimes to address that, we address the progesterone to balance out that estrogen. Then you can, you know, work at having less symptoms. Um, so that progesterone is, that's why I tell people it's kind of that protective factor. So it kind of protects you against um, excess amounts of estrogen um, so that you don't have as intense PMS symptoms, things like, you know, PMDD, things like that. Um, we can begin to um, address by addressing that progesterone. Okay. Um, so like I said, I, I think of it as that key because it's kind of being pulled, that's your resource pool kind of being pulled in two different directions. Um, how it relates to neurotransmitters is that on the uh, dopamine side, right? Uh, with dopamine is that reward molecule, um, that reward, that uh, um, uh, neurotransmitter that helps to support uh, our focus, our uh, motivation. Um, from dopamine, our body makes norepinephrine and epinephrine. And um, we looked at, sorry, I'm double checking. Okay. So we looked at that dopamine side with estrogen, um, that when we had high estrogen, that um, in that luteal phase, which is the second half of our cycle, that day 14 to 31, that that can actually 
lower our dopamine, right? Which lowers that reward response. Um, so then oftentimes you have like more uh, cravings, right? Um, more looking for um, caffeine, sugar, chocolate, right? Energy drinks, alcohol um, during that, that PMS or during that luteal phase, that second half of the phase. Well, um, so our progesterone is kind of that, if our progesterone is out of balance, um, that affects that dopamine going from to norepinephrine to epinephrine. Mm -hmm. So that can create the situation where we may see more depression, uh, lack of energy, lack of focus, that lack of motivation, um, procrastination, and you more like the cravings for carbs. So you kind of get a double whammy there. If your estrogen's high and your progesterone's low, um, that both affects our neurotransmitters, mm -hmm. right? And so that's going to affect our mood, but also kind of how we perceive things, right? That motivation, that lack of focus, that lack of energies, often how we um, see things in our environment during that time of, uh, during that phase. So uh, understanding that relationship can be very helpful in identifying how our neurotransmitters change in relation to um, our progesterone levels, uh, the importance of our progesterone levels in how we address um, or how we respond to stress and um, how even our estrogen responds on a regular cyclic basis. Yeah. Okay. So am I correct in this assumption? Like I know that progesterone, tell me if I'm wrong, is like tied to GABA. Yes. Yes. Okay. So progesterone is like more of like relaxation, calming, which that's GABA. GABA is like that calming down, slowing down the brain, like slowing down those racing thoughts, right? Like more calming. So if we're low on progesterone, then it, it, it infers that GABA then is not being released. So that is part of that like anxious state, just staying like anxiety staying like racing thoughts all the time it's because of that whole part of the reason I won't say all of it but part of the reason is that whole pathway then is um not properly running in the levels it needs to be right so if you think of it a lot kind of like a a, a, ba a balance beam no a teeter totter totter is that um Yes. Yeah, so estrogen or progesterone is more, um, it doesn't have an, a, an influence on GABA, um, but also on that sort of physical relaxation, right? So like of the muscles of the uterus even, um, but or of the blood vessels that are associated in the uterus, that's why we actually, yeah, have bleeding. And so um, the, uh, lower our GABA is, um, creates that anxious state because we don't have that, uh, that ability, if you will, it's not as easy to create calmness and peace within our mind. So you do, you have a lot of like overthinking, maybe even a little obsessive thinking that like constant rumination, um, that creates this like level of anxiety because our GABA is not present, um, in adequate amounts. Yeah. So, uh, yes, that is a direct relationship there. Yeah. I have a couple of, like, can I ask another question? Sure. 
Okay, so I think we need to talk about men too, because men have progesterone, right? As well. Yes. Okay. Yes. But before we get there, I want to talk about like progesterone and cortisol relationship. Just okay. so people can understand clearly this pathway. So progesterone is so cortisol is a hormone, progesterone is a hormone. And progesterone is a precursor to cortisol. Correct. Progesterone is also a precursor to our sex hormones. Yes. So if we go back and we think about the human brain, right? And that we are animals. Mm -hmm. And you think about animals, like their main objective is survival. Survival and then reproduction. Okay. I always remind us because I think we get so far away from this that we forget that. So our brain is wired for survival first, yeah. right? Like it does not care about our goals. It does not care about our dreams, our future. It does not care about any of that. First and foremost is survival. So of course, if, and, and it doesn't matter stress, anything that it perceives our brain as a threat, it could be a perceived threat. It could be a real threat. It doesn't matter. But if your brain is constantly perceiving threats, it's forcing it down that survival pathway, which then is going to force progesterone to convert into cortisol. And the body's right. Like, remember, survival first over reproduction. So it's right. not going to care about the reproductive pathway because we have to do survival first. So no wonder when we're in this stress state all the time, we're constantly having to produce cortisol, which is constantly having a high demand on progesterone. And then we find ourselves in these situations where both are being tapped out. And then we have hormonal issues because progesterone is just not available enough to go to sex hormone pathways. And now we're like compounding the issue. Is that accurate? Yes, that's correct. So um, when you think about that, so if you look at that relationship, right, when we're in survival mode yep. and we, that's when our court, our demand for cortisol is higher, yep. right. Um, then your body, your brain and your body says, okay, we're trying to keep you alive. We don't have time to reproduce. We don't have time, uh, to worry about that. So you see um, in men and in women, you can see changes in libido, right? Um, because men have progesterone uh, and estrogen and of course, testosterone, right? Um, so when people experience like, I, I don't know, um, they have those commercials for, I don't know if they still have them on TV because maybe this dates me, but like low T, um, low testosterone and they'll list all these symptoms for men like fatigue, right? Inability to concentrate, um, low libido, low, uh, energy, low motivation, right? Like, um, all of these symptoms are associated with low testosterone. Well, when you look at it from our perspective, right? You're, where's the root cause? Like, why is your testosterone low? So we, when I tell folks, okay, we're going to look upstream. Well, the precursor to testosterone is also progesterone. So if that progesterone, say your body makes, um, our body is very good at survival, right? It's very resilient. It will make the adjustments it needs to. But if your body produces an, uh, an amount of progesterone and you perceive a threat, 
your body's going to take that progesterone and go to cortisol to be like, Hey, we got to keep you alive. Let's, you know, like, uh, respond appropriately to keep you alive. Yeah. Um, and so you're going to have less in, uh, less, um, availability, availability, less priority to your testosterone and your estrogen. Yep. Yeah. Um, so that relationship, I think is so important to understand, um, because especially like in the hormone world, right. There's a lot of, um, um, uh, uh, offerings of like bioidentical hormones, right? Like go get a testosterone shot, go get bioidentical hormones or, um, uh, pellets or something, right. They make you feel better because they're addressing that, uh, low hormones level, but they're not getting at the root cause. Right. So, um, which yes, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 So I, I think understanding that relationship is so important because it's not just, um, I mean, our bodies are pretty complex, right? I mean, it's not just like, oh, I can put a label on this and say, oh, you know, yes, this is a cortisol problem. This is a testosterone problem. Even like this is an epinephrine problem or a dopamine problem is that, well, okay, that's part of the problem, but because we are complex um, creatures, if you will, um, that molecule in itself, that progesterone molecule, that dopamine, that, you know, testosterone um, does not function independently of all the other molecules in, in uh, systems in play. Um, so when you're looking at a root cause approach, you have to take all those things into considerations, right? Um, what we experience, like when you see a checklist or a commercial of like all these symptoms, and you're like, all these symptoms sound like me, you know, and you're like, aha, I figured out my problem. I'm, you know, low in dopamine. Okay. I have a dopamine problem. Okay. Great. That's the first step in helping us understand what's going on, but let's figure out why, right? Let's figure out why um, and what are the players involved? Yeah. Cause it could still be a progesterone problem um, that's causing that low dopamine. Right. 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 And it's just this model. I think people are figuring out now, like this symptom management pro model of like, oh, I have a testosterone issue, right? Like I'll just go take testosterone pellets and I'll feel better is like, uh, how do I, I'm kind of fired up today, but I feel like it's ignorant to be honest with you. Like, it, it's just like a quick fix answer and like an unwillingness to like, well, maybe I won't blame the person. It's just like a lack of education, right? Like, it's just a lack of education decision. Like, no, like where in the body is like you fix one thing, like you target one thing and it's like, oh, that solves the answer. Like that is not how it works. Like this is a whole system. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like I don't go to like the car and be like, oh, well, my fuel filters clogged and it's not working. I'm just going to go put some more gas in there. That'll fix it. Right. That's true. Yeah. Part, part of the problem, I think, is that we've been kind of programmed right in this current conventional medical system that it's that 
a pill for every ill, right? Or like every ailment. It's like, oh, I have this problem. Okay, well, I can go to the doctor and they're gonna, you know, give me a pill to address this problem. Um, I think that we're moving away from that. I hope, I hope as a society, people are starting to to to, to question and understand and um a little bit more um to yeah, I'm hoping. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so th this can be a little bit of the challenge, though, because we've been programmed to be like, OK, aha, I've identified this problem. Right. I took this survey online. I like watched this commercial. I, I hit all the boxes on this problem list. This must be my problem. OK. And and I find a doctor that offers me a solution. Right. right. Um, and that solution is natural, like bioidentical hormones are natural and um, they may feel better for a little while, but it's not a long term fix. Right. right? And not it's to, shifting yeah. perspective from like the body's broken. I mean, that's what we've been programmed. So I have compassion. We've been programmed by the mental health and the physical health entities that something's broken and needs to be fixed. But yeah. if you look at it like it's not like my body isn't broken and I'm not producing testosterone because I have a broken body or I have depression because I have a broken mind. Like that's not it. It's like the body wants to be in homeostasis. It wants to do everything it can be to run properly on fully functioning mentally and physically and efficiently and efficiently. It just is like something within the system is not working. So it systemically has an impact, right? And so we have to just go to like, nothing's broken. It's just there's something in the system that's got, I, I need to figure out and I need to chase it back to where it's at in the system to empower, help that part of the system. Because like our body, yeah, I just, I don't know how to explain it well, but the idea of like something's broken and I just go fix that one thing. It's like the body's very smart and it wants to run effectively and efficiently and it will, it just needs the right fuel to get there. It doesn't like, oh, I'm just going to quit making testosterone just for the fun of it. I'm just going to do that. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, yes, you're right. And in, um, it's, it's, that's where it's a little bit individualized, right? That's kind of different for every person, right? Like, um, if I've identified that, yeah, okay, I have, you know, a, a progesterone issue, well, my root cause could be a little bit different than yours, right? right? Um, but taking the time to explore it and figure out, yeah, what, is that root cause? I think is so important um, because you can. I mean, you can go out and you can buy. Say, when we're talking about progesterone, you can go out and buy progesterone supplements over the counter, right? Like you can go to the health food store and buy progesterone supplement. You don't even have to go to a bioidentical um, hormone specialist, and um, that may fix some of the problems. It may not fix it a hundred percent, but it may fix. You know, may help some of the symptoms. Um, but the challenge is, um, are you going to be taking, how long are you going to take that progesterone, right? Like how much do you take it? How long do you, are you going to, is that something you're going to, you know, want to take for the rest of your life? Um, if taking that progesterone fixes a certain set of symptoms, but doesn't fix this over there, 
right? Or if it's like, oh yeah, you know what, this part feels better, but I still have these issues or something else pops up because it wasn't an entirely a progesterone issue, right? Um, so that's where, yeah, um, understanding that relationship or even just knowing that there is a relationship between all of these, yeah, um, systems that creates you as a unique individual human being <laughs> um, and you're physiology and your biochemistry, right? And your um, chemistry and your physics, that all of those play together um, in order to create that optimal health, you know, um, for a person. And so it's not just, yeah, um, oh, I've identified this problem. It's like, okay, ask why, right? Like <laughs> ask more questions and start to understand that relationship of how your problem fits into the whole network of you and what that looks like, right? Right, yeah. So then to circle back to the whole point, like progesterone impacting our thoughts and emotions, we can kind of see now, like I, what I hear is like, it impacts a cortisol levels. Yes. And yeah. it's impacting the estrogen production, which is an, estrogen and dopamine mm -hmm. have a correlation progesterone and dopamine have a correlation yes yeah and that progesterone and that norepinephrine and yeah. epinephrine right that so um all the so there's the correlation there so it's not uh, or so it's um appreciating maybe or recognizing yeah um how many different roles progesterone has in our mood, in um, our physical health, right? In our stress response, yeah. um, that it's not just a sex hormone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so that, yeah, the, it influences so many different pathways in the body and how we feel and how we think um, that if you start to, to just, my, my goal is just to shed a little light to be like, okay, you know, um, we, when we work with folks and we begin to try to address uh, those neurotransmitters and the hormone imbalances is that, you know, yes, progesterone is a huge player, but look at all these other things, right, that it influences. And so, um, and understanding that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Anything else? Um, no, I think that was it. Or just yeah, um, understanding that the the role it has in that neurotransmitters and in the relationship between adrenals and and our other sex hormones. Um, I hope that made sense. But yes, yeah. that's it. And this is applicable for both men and women. Again, this is not just a woman thing. This is also nope. this is a human thing. If you're a human, you have all these. This is impacting you physically and mentally, and just. Asking why, like the rule of thumb is seven whys. So when I, like, if I were to go to a conventional doctor, which I don't, I go to Carmen, but it would be like, okay, you have progesterone. Okay, well, why? Yeah. Why do I? My body just doesn't like not want to produce it. Like, why is it not wanting to produce that? What's going on behind? Okay, why? You know, just like the seven whys. Yes. Yeah. You're going to get closer to trying to find, yeah, your individualized root cause, the more that you ask that why, right? And you, and the better understanding you get um, of how, in this case, this hormone, yeah, um, 
play such an instrumental role in so many different aspects. Yeah, because then you can kind of start to connect the dots too. And you'd be like, oh, this random symptom that I had, no wonder I experienced that. <laughs> Yeah. Or this symptom over here that I had and I've been complaining about for years and people just, you know, like brushed it off like, oh, everybody experiences that or like, well, we don't know how to address it. So don't even worry about it. It's like, oh, no, this is how this is connected to, yeah, um, this deficiency or this imbalance in this hormone. Yeah. So cool. All right. Thanks, Carmen. See you guys later. Bye. Thank you for joining us. If this information was helpful, please share with a friend. We appreciate it when you take just a few minutes to leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast at. It helps expose our podcast to more people getting this information into more hands. Currently, we're in open enrollment for our New Beginnings program. Dr. Carmen and I work with individuals to increase their self-confidence by doing mindset work and addressing the neurochemicals and hormones so they can create confidence at a faster rate, therefore achieving our dreams and goals faster. If this is something you're interested in, you'll find our link in the show notes. We look forward to seeing you guys and we'll see you next episode.